I'd like to see more confidence in and um, conversations coming from the the single in the group, so that we do hear and that becomes um, comes out into the open, so that people behind us can see that that is a legitimate experience and grief that we go through, and it's not just um, having gone through, you know a, a procedure or trying or um, that guarantees you a spot as a, a childless person that you've you've gone through something as a, a single into um, your grief is just as legitimate as the, the person next to you. to the Full Stop Podcast, the Childless Community Podcast with Michael Hughes, Berenice Smith and me, Sarah Lawrence. If you're new to this podcast, we're here to delve beneath the surface of the childless identity, to cover what's going on in the wider community and to look at the topics that really affect us. Our goal is to help and support those of you out in the community by sharing the stories and the voices that make up our narrative so that you too can begin to find yours. We also aim to inform and educate those who aren't members of our community so that they can begin to understand and support those people in their lives who are facing a life without children. In this episode, we were lucky enough to be joined by Penny Rabbits of the Childless Wanderer and Elaine Ritchie, who is a new voice in our community. We spoke to both Penny and Elaine about their experiences of being childless by circumstance. And as you'll hear, we didn't say much because both Penny and Elaine were both eloquent about their feelings and their thoughts about finding a voice within our community for those that haven't met partners. This was a powerful episode. So sit back, relax, as you listen to Penny and Elaine raise their voices for the unspoken majority in the childless community. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us today. Um, I was going to do an intro. Um, I said to Michael, I had a thought about the intro, but we'll perhaps come back to that in a bit when I've warmed up because my voice is a bit kind of croaky this morning. But thank you ever so much and welcome to the Full Stop Podcast today. Episode, what episode are we on, Michael? 44. No, no. 45. 45. This will be 45. Mm. I just edited 44 yesterday. That's right. Yeah, that's just to start. Christmas in July, isn't it, really, sometimes? but. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things that is important to us on the podcast is giving everybody an authentic voice and to cover stuff that maybe we don't cover as presenters in how we um, live our lives. We are coupled, um, not together, um, only in the podcast space, <laughs> just to be clear on that one. Um, but each of us have partners and it's important to us that we are diverse, inclusive and welcoming to all the stories in our community because we're all capable of creating our own little mini bingos along the way, things that we want to avoid um, from the wider community who have children or who don't have children, who have chosen not to have children. We can also perhaps sometimes in our own spaces create those as well by not listening to all of the stories that come within the broad banner of childlessness. 
and it's an important part of our ethos on the full stop that we welcome everybody and we can hand the full stop podcast over to anybody who wants to curate an episode of their own but also to come to us with ideas and thoughts as to what they would like to talk about and one of the biggest um requests that came through in the last um well actually since we've been going i think is single and childlessness because single and childlessness mm is a, another part of our community that often doesn't get a voice and it's important to allow that space. So we're really delighted to welcome Elaine and Penny onto the podcast this morning. Welcome to you both. Good morning, good afternoon. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning and good evening, depending on uh, your location for, for those that are uh, down under or in the UK. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. <clears throat> so I was wondering, would we be able to start with introductions just so we know who you are and our listeners can get to know you as well? Would that be okay? Who would like to go first? Who's who's feeling ready? Um, I'm, I'm happy to go. Um, <laughs> I I um, came in, into this community probably uh, early on in the, the COVID space um, when things were uh, closing down at the beginning of closing down in Victoria um, and we have since become I think the the title in the world of the longest number of lockdown days which um, are, you know not not extremely happy to have lived through um, and I also started um, my connection into this community as a couple and I and I do want to talk a bit more about that because I think it's really important um, in the difference between my experience as a single and I have but over over my my years of um, you know dating years I've been a, a pretty much a, a fair 50 50 mixture of being coupled or single um, but I have been single for the last year and I have found it to be having found this community and people who are um, a shared experience of, of not having, thinking that we would have one life um, and, and then it not happening, um, that there was a real difference in who I heard with a single voice to who I heard with a, a coupled voice. And um yeah, I, I could I could go down a whole path of conversation, but I'll I'll finish talking about who I am. So I what I did then was um, uh, I I I've met someone else in that community, and we did start uh, and, and put out a podcast into the world. And I started a group down under um, the Childless and Child Free Women in Australia and New Zealand, and just started building connection through, especially during. A lockdown period there was a lot more activity that happened online um i found you guys i found the full stop podcast uh, that i listened to and um i in the last year in particular i started um creating a community um with another friend of bringing women together in melbourne so that we did social events and that's been i think i've had probably an excessive 20 events that I've personally done and so we probably had you know between 30 and 40 events that have happened in the last year for just women in 
Melbourne who don't have children to come together and it's so awesome yeah um that we have one this one thing in common but it is more than that there is um a shared experience of how the rest of the world see us and feel about us but we all know that and we don't and yet that's unspoken but we can have conversations that are not focused around our the children that we don't have instead it's focused on the things that we do um, and it's awesome diverse conversation that happens um yeah but even that has been the product of my becoming single in the last year that I have dedicated so much more time to that sort of activity um, and giving my time into it so I'm a I'm a Kiwi I moved here to Melbourne 20 years ago but I did spend seven years in the UK so I can get some references uh, and I left I left because I really wanted the sunshine um, to be honest and I was going, meant to go back to New Zealand, but uh, much to my mum's disappointment, I met someone and ended up here in Melbourne. So, you know, um, that I mean, that relationship did last a year, but yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't last forever. That wasn't that wasn't the the end of my story. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's me. So, bits of me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Penny. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. What about yourself, Elaine? Um, so I feel pretty new to this community, to be honest, um, but I've been very warmly welcomed in by everybody. Um, I am childless, not by choice. I'm single, not by choice. Um, I had a hysterectomy one year ago and um, I'm, I'm now 50 and I think I was um, all that time in denial. I was still... Um, believing that I would have a child, even though I was past um, you know, my fertility years. Um, so I also have no family. Um, I was an only child. I um, have lost both my parents. Um, my mum was an only child. Um, my dad had one sister. Um, she is still alive, but um, she's, she's aging now and she's child free. So um, a random Google search after my hysterectomy led me to Gateway Women and that led me to the Full Stop podcast. So um, in my my life, I'm a, a full-time urology oncology nurse specialist and um, I'm a part-time Zumba instructor as well. So that's me. Oh, wow. Thanks, Elaine. So oh, it's so nice to have a new voice in the community then. It's like it sounds like it's really fresh for you then it's sort of getting out there seeing what's available to you and, and meeting up with people yeah i have i have grabbed it i think with both hands as well i've done a lot of um in face meetups which have been great um um who joined most of the um gateway online things that have been going on and i feel really a real part of the community i've i've never met women like it so um i'm really happy to be here I really love that actually, Elaine, that you've embraced the community because I think that matters so much that um, when we create different things, different people doing different things to actually have that feedback and to be so warmly welcomed um, 
from you as well, because we obviously appear in your space. Um, we all do. And um, to be so warmly received by you is just such a welcoming thing. And Penny as well. You've both been such cheerleaders for the podcast and for the full stop over the time that we've known both of you um, and Penny for quite a number of years now. It's really lovely to actually have you in our space. So thank you ever so much for being here. It's really great. Can I ask, um, are there bingos? I mean, like, are the elephant in the room here? Um, probably from the three of us and the question I think that's kind of sitting there probably in in the space is bingos that we experience collectively as childless people regardless of our state of whether we're coupled or not clearly they also we have them within our spaces too as um that we issue them, I suppose, as well, um, perhaps to people who are single and childless too. And I wondered if we might just spend a bit of time perhaps talking about our best, better actions and better kind of communication that we can put together, that we can share with in this episode to people and our listeners. Is that something you'd be comfortable to talk about? Yeah, I don't mind. I, I think for me, Yes, there's the childless bingos, um, but I'm I'm not too much aware of the we as opposed to the I. Um, but there are things like if you're at work having a chat, it's the very much what are what are you doing at the weekend? Um, well, we whether that be we as a couple or we as a family, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going here, we're going there. Um, and then you've got the after that as well. You know, what did you do at the weekend? We did this, we did that. Um, sometimes I find that quite that quite um, triggering. Um, you know, when you come home, um, you know, I come home to an empty house and if you've had a tough day, that can be quite hard. You just want to come in and, and offload and there is no one necessarily to do that. Um, I think as well, what's quite triggering, people will say, you should have asked or um, why didn't you say? And actually, that's quite hard when you're at home. Um, you know, yes. All of my friends are married with children um, or partnered with children. And that's really hard to ring up and say, hey, guys, I'm having a bad day today. Do you fancy going here? Do you fancy going there? And then you get the, oh, sorry, we are doing this. Um, yes, I appreciate people having lives. Um, it, yeah, it's quite hard to hear. Um you know, in general conversation, it's not something that worries me too much. It's just um, in the deeper conversations, it's a little bit harder. I have to agree, Elaine, about that asking for help. I think that going from um, being in a couple where you have you have a you have a, your person who will always be there for go, you know, you want to go somewhere. Um, you, you've got someone you can go with. You've got someone. And I talk about this one quite a lot um, as the emergency contact. You've got someone who immediately, someone asks the question, you don't even have to think about it. 
but when you don't and you have to think about oh I've got to ask someone who wants to come who wants to come to this with me um or um who who will would be my emergency contact or who who do I ask for help from it's a whole different there's a there's a not having to think about it and an automatic answer to putting a lot more emotional investment into reaching out and asking for help from someone. And it sounds really easy. And, you know, Elaine, I totally get it when you say that people are, are like, oh, why didn't you just ask? Well, sometimes when you ask, it's not, it is uncomfortable. You know, it's not always the, you aren't the first priority for a lot of people, you know, just generally you're not. And that that is the way it is. But if you're feeling um, in a, a emotional or a sensitive space, that's also really hard to hear from someone and re- be reinforced that you're not the number one priority for for asking for that help. Um, this, ha- the, this exactly happened to me um, uh, just about a year ago when generally pretty good health and I had a a health scare and um, ended up in hospital on Christmas day and was in there for about four or five days we were in lockdown here in Melbourne so my family in New Zealand so they couldn't come across um, to to be with me or um, you know at all so I had to go through this with those people that are close to me here and I needed people, someone to come and stay. My good friend could only stay for a certain amount of time. And I was in that position of having to ask um, a new new group who would do that. And they stepped up without a beat. And they came and I had a week, a week and a half of people in rotation coming to visit me or stay with me. And it was, it was beautiful and it was so heartening for me that I think I touched on before how much I've given back this year. I'm giving back into that community because in that moment when I needed something that was very difficult for me for me to do, I felt very emotional about having to ask for that kind of help. But they did. And my, my takeaway from that is people want to help. People are waiting to be, uh, you know, I know I do. Like, I love it when someone asks me for help. And if I can, I will, um, because of that fact. Um, yeah. I, w- I want to add while I'm, while I'm going that I, ju- I just, I, you know, straight up just want to know the, those other people in, in my, my friend's life, just whether they're male or female. We have friends and we want to know their friends. Their partner is their, also their friend. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Going back to your emergency contact, though, Penny, do you find your emergency contact will differ as to what the the reason may be? 100%. And how and I you go feel? Through, I go through a list of who yeah. would be appropriate for this occasion. Oh, this, is, this is an emergency contact for a, for a charity walk. Oh, okay. That's not. That's probably not likely to be as important, and it might could be just someone who, who another person who's on that walk. Um, yeah. I'm in hospital. Well, it can't be someone overseas. And I, I remember going through this scenario of trying to work out who would be for a hospital visit, 
who was the most appropriate person who would know my family family's contact details if they needed to who would know where to find um, some my my undies and my charger if I needed them to bring them into the hospital you know it's quite it has to be someone who's reasonably close to you to know those sorts of things too um, and time changes all of that Elaine you know you you think like over that period of the last 10 20 years who who that person is who knows that information for a single person that that has changed for me you know, a few times. It's, it's the important stuff as well, is who do you trust with? Where are all your documents? Um, where is your will? Where is everything in your house? That takes a lot of trust in someone that doesn't live with you or is not partnered with you. Um, and yes, it, that can change over the years. And I think it, it depends on, as you say, what the situation is. If it is a charity walk, then, you know, it, I, I can give someone's number but that person may not be appropriate if I was taken into hospital if it's a lot more of a, of a personal nature then my emergency contact might not be the person that I actually want involved um there isn't that one go-to person yeah I 100% agree with that totally agree so it is working out and that that's the other bit it comes back to having to go to reach out and have those conversations, which sometimes feel like you're, are you going to be stepping in line? Like, you know, asking someone that's that sense of, um, you know, breaching a, you, you're taking a step, you're taking a leap of faith to ask someone that you wouldn't normally feel like you would, you would do. So yeah, it is, there is a lot of, um, taking taking those leaps of faith as a single person asking for help on any number of things and being told why didn't you ask me well <laughs> are you totally get that it's not one. as easy as that is it no no I had you know I had a, a family a younger family member say um once during a, a single phase oh aren't you lonely and I thought, God, that hasn't come from, you know, a 10-year-old. That's come from the adults. And I thought, why? Why Why do you think? Because my life, like I'm on my own, that I'm automatically lonely. Everyone can be lonely, whether they're single or not. Yeah. You know, some people can be lonelier in a relationship than on their own. And, yes, sometimes... I am lonely, but not because uh, of, you know, I just, there might be something going on that in that moment you want someone to talk to about it. Um, Elaine, I saw that you've got a cat, so you don't come home to an empty house. Can I just say I've that? I've got two. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I and I debunk the whole, like, cat lady thing. I had a cat for, my cat's 10, and now I've got my dog, Livy, who I hope you can't hear making a racket outside, who's four, and they have become, like, my total stop gaps during the yeah. last period of COVID for talking to. I quite yeah, openly have conversations with them. I'm disappointed that they don't give me, um, you know, or sometimes the advice that I, I want to hear. Um, but they're very demanding friends, honestly. Anyway, a side, side note. 
But yeah, you're not you're not, not coming home to an empty house was my point, Elaine. Very true, very home. true. It is not, it, but it is. It's, it's something living that you come in back in the house too. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, if it, as it is an animal, it's still something living that is happy to see you, um, you know, welcomes you. I can come home and they're sitting on the drive waiting for me. Um, you know, and that, that means so much, doesn't it? Just something that's just happy to see you. <laughs> Especially after a tough day. Another heartbeat in the house, yeah. Absolutely, that's right. And during COVID, you know, it was all families. Um, You know, the talk was all about families. Um, Lots of Zoom calls came into their own, lots of children in the background, partners dipping in, dipping out, that kind of thing. Um, You know, and I worked right through COVID. I I was nursing COVID patients. And I would come home and, you know, after a tough day, I might want someone to speak to or or not speak to, but just have that, just put your pyjamas on, have a hot bath, put your pyjamas on, stick on a movie and just snuggle on the sofa with. You don't need to say anything, but that's not there. Um, But, you know, I can come home and have a snuggle with an Oscar or a notice. So that's good to me. Did you, how did you find it during lockdown, Elaine, as far as being able to have people to a community to to talk to? Like, we, did you have a very big Zoom group? Like, I know that went, was great for me. I love doing the Zooms for catch-ups, for being able to talk to people. Did you get that? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't part of Gateway um, during COVID. I was, um, I hadn't had my surgery by then. So I, um, but I did go to work every day. Um, I was working with um, palliative patients that were dying of COVID. Um, would come home, and um, the way we got through basically was we set up a um, a WhatsApp group that was NHS people. Um, so I think it's a bit like being lonely, as we were saying. You can be lonely in a couple. Um, a friend of mine is married with children um, and another fr- she's a nurse and another friend of mine that's a nurse is um, separated but has a child um, but my friend that was married would go home and want to offload to her husband but he didn't understand at all because he's not there he didn't he wasn't seeing what we were seeing so he had nothing to relate to so that's how we just we glued really well during that time as just people to to sound off against and and just whether it was have a cry or just just be silent together if need be um but yeah the weekends were tough and your days off were tough um because you know you heard of the whole thing didn't you about oh as a family it was great we went off and did this we went and did that and we've been cooking together and you think, oh, what are we? What am I going to do? Um, so, yeah, Zoom calls came into their own. But again, a lot of people were like, oh, I can't do that because we're doing something with the children or with my partner. So I find it really, really isolating. I um, was thinking about that before I came on that I w- was feeling um, a little 
sensitive perhaps about talking about about this topic because it is something that we don't there isn't a voice for a very strong a very strong voice for it I know that um Jody speaks very well to it because that was her story um but lost my trail of thought but I I came into this community coupled and that's to me that's really important because I felt that I had never um I'd had a I'd gone through what I thought was my grief um in my my 30s significantly and for a much longer period of time when I was single because it it was not by choice it didn't happen for me I didn't find my partner I took some uh, made some decisions about going into and looking at IVF on my own got to a certain point and decided that that wasn't the right thing for me personally um but having having done that and then in my you know mid early to mid 40s meeting someone and I fell pregnant and had a miscarriage I suddenly had words I had an experience that I could talk to um that people and I know that people say you know we don't talk about uh, miscarriages enough but there's still a conversation out there there is a conversation because even people who have miscarriages go on to have children. So there's a wider group of people who are in that cohort that have this experience. And I, I found that that was my voice. I found my voice through that experience, but I kept falling back to the fact that that was a, a sh- you know, an experience that happened within a short period of time, but where the real, it made me, it wasn't until I, I had a conversation with Steph um, from uh, World Childless Week that I even learnt the term disenfranchised grief and realised that that's what happened in my 30s. This community gave me those words and I thought what I really went through in the elongated period of, of grief and frustration and not knowing what on earth I was going through and why did I feel like I was so disconnected from what was happening with my friends with the that that tough bit was when I was single and in my late 30s and, and realizing that I was coming I could see it you know the the wall coming and I was coming hurtling at it thinking uh I'm gonna you know smash into this and I've got nothing what on earth is you know am I doing which is where I made those some choices about okay, I'm going to look at IVF on my own. And so I, for me, it felt like I got some control back um, and I got to, but I didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't have, I didn't think, even think that there were other people to talk to at that time. So when, when I had the miscarriage, found the community and started talking more, I really felt like I wanted to talk to that experience of being in my 30s and single because that's what I didn't hear. That's what where I felt the most lost and that there was no voices for me to listen to. Um, so it's and I don't know how that how that happens, how we how we make that um, louder, 
but I was really pleased that it was acknowledged this year with World Childless Week and we had that conversation. I know that you guys have done a, um, a, a topic before about, I think, single during the COVID period, which was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I I want that voice to be louder of the, the single experience and that we're probably a larger cohort than the IVF, um, those who are, who are childless by um, circumstance and not just not having met someone or you're, or just never had the opportunity to try or have never been able to from, from, you know, different medical for different medical reasons that we as generally as a society talk about the, the IVF because there was an attempt to, and I know that people feel like if I was to talk about it, what have I got to talk about? I just, you know, there's not a, there's not that tangible thing. Like I didn't go through, I didn't go through IVF. I don't understand that process um, up until the point that I, you know, I did look at it and then stopped, but I didn't go through. I don't know what it's like to, to, to try to, to fall pregnant. So Am I not really? Um, am I have I have I failed even at that point? You know, like we're we're part of um, the the same group, but there's so much talk about being, um, you know, the the you know not making having success with IVF, and it's you know it's terrible the experience that that people have. But I haven't, I haven't got that. I haven't got that comparison to even make. Um, and the fact that having a miscarriage was my entry of something to talk to. And can I tell you, I told everyone. I was like, I had a voice and I got to, to share it because I felt so isolated before in my 30s, not having just kind of sitting going, I've no idea what's happening to me, that I, I suddenly had this slight door that something to something to say and I just let everything out like it was like more than probably um I needed but it was because there was probably all this unresolved stuff from my 30s being single that was coming into it as well that I just needed somewhere to share it and let the world know hey I you know this stuff happened to me and um, while while you are all, you know, everyone has stuff that's going on, but because it's you, you feel like it, it's much bigger. Um, I, I was going through all this stuff, and, and nobody nobody knew what was happening to me because we don't talk about it. And I don't know, Elaine. So that makes me super impressed, Elaine, that you've done this off the back of um, and later in life that you've had the courage to, to talk about it, I think is phenomenal. I'm talking about it now. I haven't in the past. Um, you know, I think it was something that was always very buried. Um, but, you know, I, I've never been pregnant. Um, I've not miscarried. And I, I did the Wave of Light last night with Gateway, um, sorry, Lighthouse Women, which was amazing. And... You know, I 
hands up I, I was in absolute bits last night but you know there were people that were um grieving lost children and miscarriages and I thought I haven't I haven't been there I do I have a right to be here um but you know I was still grieving what I haven't had what I can't have you know it is that disenfranchised grief and I have recently I and I think that's why I'm talking about it now. I have recently, I was the one that hit the wall running um, and I was just completely overwhelmed by it all. And not only the grief of childlessness, but I think the grief of being single, I um, was asked by a friend if I would um, go shopping with her one day. Great, I'm a woman, I love shopping. Um, but it was for her daughter's wedding um, to shop for a wedding hat. Yeah, of course I will, no problem. Until I walked into the shop and I don't, I can't, I don't even know what went through my head, but I just stopped and I went, but I never gave my mum this, this, this honour, this privilege. Um, and then it led on to... I never gave my dad the honour of walking me down the aisle. And then I just stopped again and thought, you know, this is exactly the same as my childlessness grief. It's grieving for something that you haven't had and something that you never can have. Yes, I can get married, but I can't give that to my parents now. They're not here, it's too late. So yeah, I am. I'm coming out of it now, and it helps to talk about it. So um, I think it's time I found my voice. I think we're very quick, aren't we, to put labels on things? I'm just listening to to both of you, and just acknowledging that I'm listening to both of you as someone who has, um, as you both know, gone through IVF. Um, and hearing you and acknowledging your words, because I think. Penny, there is so much in what you said about, yes, you've got, that you have a, that an experience like a miscarriage gives you a way in. And that, that's just exceptionally wrong. And I know I've had this conversation with Steph and with other people too, about when we're, when people arrive in this community through a circumstance, not through a, Sarah, you'll know the words better than I do. I always turn to you for the right words in this, but it's a circumstance as opposed to, I don't want to say an incident, because that's not what miscarriage, it's not what IVF, it's not what a failed pregnancy in some form is, or a loss, but by a circumstance driven by, by things that are out of our control as well, by things that are not meeting the right person, by circumstance of life by whatever that might be, and goodness knows there's loads of them. I know that Jodie Day speaks about the 50 ways not to be a mother, and majority of those aren't anything to do with miscarriage. They're nothing to do with IVF. They're just two things, and there are other things, and most of those are driven by, by things we can't control in our lives, and I just want to acknowledge that, and thank you just for bringing that up, Penny. I think it is so important to talk about that too that there can be almost like a disenfranchisement within our own community when we don't say something or talk about this more and we certainly learned from the previous episode 
when we were talking again about lockdown and Elaine I can't begin to imagine what you have been through in your capacity at work but also just going through that experience of nursing other people and that whole family narrative was so flipping strong wasn't it during COVID it still is I think you know I'm not going into too much from the politics but certainly you know politically in this country certainly it's all very much family family and the definition of family as we all know um is the the children even if that's not necessarily mentioned it's the implication and it's the labeling isn't it we we, we do it and we're victims of it ourselves as a community but also within our community we can we we try and define things and put labels on things and actually what I've learned in all of the podcast episodes from our guests and from the listeners as well is that we can't label stuff we, we can't label our circumstance it's too vast childlessness is a contentious word in itself because you know my main thing that everyone I've met is more not less what they've been through but it's the term that we tend broadly to be again a label we're defined by that's sometimes not not good enough is it I I was wondering if I could ask you both something because um you know obviously I, I work with our community and I have this real felt sense sometimes when I'm working with people that obviously there's my story and there's a whole list of stuff and then I sometimes get this sense when people are single that they feel that they're not worthy, that they've not been through uh, enough or anything to justify being part of this community. I was wondering if it's not too painful, if you'd be able to talk a little bit about that, because I always feel that people, regardless of how they get here, it's not um, it's not top trumps. It's not, oh, well, you've been through more, therefore you are, you know, you sit up here. But I was wondering what, what that fit that 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 kind of that felt sense is amongst people who who feel at the moment they're not being properly seen or <clears throat> don't have that conjoint that that sort of joint vo- voice yet because you are the majority of our community you genuinely are that the stats back that up it's a really it's a really good question sarah uh, and um how do i how do I feel? I, I think I said before that I felt a little like um, coming into this, how would I feel about talking? And I really wanted to be um, as honest as I could without feeling like uh, it's not a, it's not a, you know, a difference between couple and single and then it makes, you know, come some kind of shift between it. But, um, and I don't even want to say but, however, there is um, this experience of talking about things that are often coming from being a couple, whereas the, the situations where you're single are how much can you talk about, how, much, how, many, how many things are there to be said where even I feel like, you just need to pull your socks up and get on with it. Yeah, thanks. You didn't find someone. You didn't um, have a have a child, and it's not the life that you thought or intended. But you just need to get on with it. Because I come, I come from you know I'm Gen X. I can't come from the baby boomers who were all about you know getting on with it. Yes, they were about getting on with it, but they were also 
the ones who were everything was about finding a partner and having children you know it, I'm, I'm surrounded by in my growing up that that was the only choice that I had so when I when that wasn't happening for me and I was failing I didn't think that I could talk to anybody because I was like who was I going to talk to this is every everyone is aiming for this you know golden chalice and and I I just didn't feel like I had a voice to talk about it for for your point Sarah I didn't even think about going and talking to someone like you because I didn't even know what I was going to talk about. I couldn't even identify for myself what was going on. You know, Elaine, Elaine's just having this conversation now um, at, at 50. I'm nearly 50, and it's only really in the last three years. So for the majority of time, I never had a, a voice to talk about it or thought that I had one, or thought that I had something to talk about that would be worthy of a conversation. So, yeah, 100%, I feel like uh, I feel a bit silly. I would have felt, you know, a bit silly talking about it four or five years ago that, yeah, so life didn't turn out. And that's how I would think that people would be like, yeah and um okay next you know there's other things but that that's where I feel like we don't give enough credence to the the grief that we go through as being single and not having an opportunity in a whole life that we had thought we would have and all of the the turns and the the ceremonies and and milestones that we would get through that None of it happens. Just the same as if you were a couple, you know, it's that's a that's a, the same experience, but same as a single. We also did, just at the beginning didn't find the couple that started off off with. So yeah, if you feel like if you talk about it, it sounds like it, it's a failure, and that's the hard bit to say. I failed at that. Um, and I tend to, because of that, I overcompensate and we'll talk about all the great things um, that happen from my single life and the choices that I get to make and the, the things that I get to do when, whenever at my choice and my leisure when I want to. Um, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't really shit not having the opportunity to be able to talk about it when I wanted to, when I really needed to. And I think I've had therapy in the past, but it, I think like you, I I didn't know what to voice. I just knew there was something. I just knew I wasn't happy and something was distressing me, but I, I didn't know what that was. There was no, nothing tangible that I could say, but I felt, yeah, I just felt I'd failed. Um. But I think, you know, finding your voice, um, I now can say what I'm not happy with. I can say, um, you know, actually, it's quite tough being on your own. Um, and I think 
I'm beginning to come out of that now because I am starting to talk about it. And I think that's what you need to do. Um, but I do a lot of, I've done a lot of meetups now um, with other childless women and single women and women in partnerships. But it's never an issue. That's what's lovely. Everyone is accepted for who they are and what they are. Um, you can sit there <clears throat> having coffee or lunch or whatever. And if you want to tell your story, then that's fine. And if you don't, that's fine too. You're still accepted for who you are. And I, I just think that's lovely. You know, I come away feeling really quite nourished from these from meetups. Um, so, yeah, it's it's nice just to, for it not to matter now. I always say after a really good catch up with the, the the girls in that community here in Melbourne that my cup is always filled after a really good good catch up and I Perfect feel it. To put it. <laughs> yeah, and I can come away and I can that will sustain me for, you know, a period of time and it it's it feels good like I know that where at times where I've felt isolated um, and I wasn't getting that you can it's like anything in life when you're feeling crappy you shut the doors and you hunker down and you stop seeing people and doing the things that you you need to do and that when you go and when you get to meet up and do those things with people how much it does nourish you and fill your cup so I've been being very aware of that in this last year of just how how good it is to have community and and share and do stuff with them alone I think for me in the last six months even um what's changed for me is that um yes we can get out there now and we can meet up with people um but through the community I've I've um befriended three other um single women and we have a minimum of a weekly Zoom call now. Two of them I physically met, one I haven't, but that doesn't matter. There's no barriers there. Um, and it is normally you would just, yeah, okay, I'm having a really tough day today. Um, and you would just close the curtains and go to bed and hanker down and that's, that's you done. But we, we don't now, it would message, guys, I'm having a bad day. And then, right, let's Zoom call. Um, and they all have the same outlook from a single perspective. And it may be nothing to do with that. It's just that you might have come home and said to a partner, oh, this happened today, and I'm really upset about it. You know you have your community now, and they, they get it. So it's that it opened up a new world for me. I love Makes that. There's a real sense then that communities, uh, I guess, for people that are single, you need that kind of chosen family, if you like. So people that you can check in with and people that are, are going to be there and get it rather than somebody that says, oh, I can't right now because I've got to do X, Y and Z. That's exactly right. And there are people who understand. So I can catch up with um, women in this community and... It's those probably that are single that I have a extra connection with or more um, 
I don't want to say I understand more, but there is uh, the our way of life at this time, in this season, is um, matches more. Um, but you know, I say that, and then just just this last week, I went to see some old neighbours um, who are a, a couple, maybe 10, 10 years older than me, who've had their kids, they've grown up, and um, I had the the best night and that was a total filled my cup because they saw me as a just as a human being who who wanted to you know to was sharing I've lived across the road had lived across the road from them for 12 years and we just got to share share stories and um you know commonalities that that reminded me you know of the the community outside the, the bigger world that's outside of this community because I did realize at the end of COVID that I had spent an awful lot of time just kind of totally immersed myself in the the childless community and that at some point because COVID was finishing I was going to have to integrate myself back into the wider world of um, seeing other people and hearing conversations and being ready for some of the comments and stuff that would happen um, that I was a bit nervous about because I'd got so used to having catch-ups with people since I've come out. I call it my coming out since I come out, but um, was not a, you know, you could say all of those things about your, if you wanted to, about living a childless, single childless life that they would understand completely. But then you go out into the, the, uh, the gen, gen pop, I call it general population and you're, um, like got to be ready for other comp- things that comments and stuff will come back again and you know what happens then yeah that's like a real sense then it's like our so within a community within the community of single women fills your cup up and then slowly you can go out into gen pop which I adore I love that I'm stealing that uh, and you are kind of you 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 know where to go to recharge your batteries if if you like if you have a a, a not so positive experience a hundred percent and it's knowing where you can get that from but it, that's human human beings we all kind of gravitate to people and it could be anywhere it could be I've got a, a an older guy around the corner who I stop and say hi to with my dog and just the joy that he gets out of saying hi to to Livy is part of what makes my day you know it's it's, we get it from all kinds of places but that reliability of having people that align with your with the zoom with the four of you like that reliability is really important knowing that that's something that you can count on or if I've got you know gone quiet for a couple of days someone will reach out and go hey what's up what's going on and just knowing that it's really it is it's really important it is it's just knowing they're there isn't it you don't want to be in everyone's pockets all the time but you can just reach out and then you just yeah if they are quiet for a few days hey guys you okay um but you know they're there for you and that means the world doesn't it does I think that's reassuring, I think, to the wider community as well, the this community who may, we may all feel that we perhaps stick our 
feet in it sometimes I think with the conversation but to know that we're actually part of that healing process with you is a really lovely thing and yeah I also love gen pop yeah but it's <laughs> it's giving that confidence isn't it I think you sort of find sort of being able to sort of have those conversations and and, and get some reassurance together learning together from each other as well is there anything you'd like to see in the community if you had a request one of you for for, for something or both of you rather for, for something that you wanted to to happen a change that you wanted to see what would that be I'd like to see more confidence in and um conversations coming from the the single in the group so that we do here and that becomes um comes out into the open so that people behind us can see that that is a legitimate experience and grief that we go through and it's not just um having gone through you know a, a, a procedure or trying or um that guarantees you a spot as a a childless person that you've you've gone through something as a, a single into um your grief is just as legitimate as the, the person next to you how about you alone have you got any wishes well i think we spoke about this sarah a little while ago this is a real wacky thing out there but i think that the childless women community woman community should integrate with the childless men community singles <laughs> that would be great <laughs> i remember you talking about this we were, we, we were sort of talking about this sort of this safe dating agency wasn't it that's the Absolutely. kind of context full stop dating it could be couldn't it <laughs> oh my goodness mate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could, we could. Would you like to can you help Michael? <laughs> I was gonna say, Lane, you could be the CEO of the uh the dating right. agency. <laughs> well, you know what? There, I, I, you laugh, but I think that's a bloody good idea. A, because uh, how many um, singles have you got in your um your men's group, Michael? <clears throat> Quite a few. There you go. What a few. You're alone. And, yeah. and are they all um, over the world, Michael? Yes, they are. Okay. Yep. So we we are global. Um, America, we are Europe, uh, Australia, quite a lot of Australia, Zimbabwe, um, Thailand, Kent, <laughs> Kent. probably. Yeah, the wilds of Kent. Probably. Yeah. Very exotic round here. But but listening. <laughs> I think this. I think the silence that Berenice, Sarah, and myself have shown is that that we we realise this is a big topic that needs to be talked about. When we first did this, like two thousand nineteen, we were you know quite gobsmacked about it. You know, it's quite an education. It is from our stats. It is one of the highest listened to um, episodes. So it is. <sighs> So um, I, I, what I can tell you is that all those things that you feel uh, are reflected in the men's group that we have as well. Mm -hmm. So 
um, they they talk about um, feeling that feeling of failure because, like you say, Penny, it, that that golden chalice that we you know we apparently need to you know subscribe to, they're the same. Elaine, I, I don't think that what you've actually said is is a bad thing at all because there are a lot of single men out there who you know want to meet someone. Not as serious, no. You know, at um, at our age, the chances of us meeting somebody who is childless is probably not a very high percentage. No. Um, and whereas, okay, meeting somebody who has got children um, can bring a whole new dimension to your life. Um, mm-hmm. I understand the challenges that would go with that as well. Um, but it doesn't stop us. You know, I still I still want to meet people and, and in, go to the cinema with someone and, you know, go on holiday, that kind of thing. See the world. That doesn't that doesn't stop because I haven't got children. Mm-hmm. And if I can meet someone that is has that same point of view then that would be fantastic yeah yeah absolutely can i add something in uh, just on this this topic of of dating because i think it's an awesome idea elaine but i want to give an a a, um another side to that is that um when i've gone from you know being a couple to single i you know, there's a, a painful period where you go through the change of being in a couple to being single. Um, but there's also an element of um, I, I really enjoy being single too. There's, you know, good things that I really love about it. And then I'll get to a place where I think, oh, no, I'd like to to do something um, and share time with people or a person. But I... I find it, I almost find it offensive. Offensive feels like such a strong word when people say, oh, um, you would look at, you. are you dating, are you on a site? Oh, you're, I, my, my, my husband, I wish my husband had a brother that was just perfect for you. Mm -hmm. Or, and I think, no, by saying that, all I hear is, I'm not okay as I am. That's what it feels yes. like. And I go, I don't, but I don't need to have some, what it, you know, I'm not looking. If I was looking, then I'd be having that conversation and you'd know that, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking and that's awesome. You know, I've had, I've got some terrific dating stories and, you know, I have great fun when I'm in that place and that season is here for me. But, um, yeah, I right now, and I, I'm in a place where I don't I don't want to have someone else right now. That doesn't mean I don't think this is it's an awesome idea, Elaine. I do. I think it's great <laughs> because it, it even piques my interest of ah oh, someone who was childless who's had the same experience and who hasn't necessarily felt like they're um, or has felt like they they've people have looked at them and gone what's wrong with you what's wrong with you you haven't got kids and and you have a partner partner. 
must be something wrong with you. Or people say to you about as 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 women, because we're both women, about guys who haven't who haven't been married or who haven't got kids. Um ooh, red flag. Yeah. Ooh, wonder what's going on there. And I think, well, then you're saying the same thing about me. I've not been married, I've not had kids. Mm-hmm. So what what red flags are you raising about me? You know? <laughs> um and I laugh, but I'm not laughing because it's it's offensive. Um, so I, I don't, in, a, in our good time, if we want to, oh, it's an awesome idea, you know, bring it, bring it on. Um, but just remember that it's not necessarily for, for everyone at this point in time where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a question. Um because Baron Lee stole the one I was going to ask about what would you like to see change. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm very mindful. I'm I'm quite privileged here to be in a in the company of four women having a conversation about this. Um, so I want to ask you both: How do I not put? How, how do I not? Or how do guys not put their foot in their mouth? You know, by um, coming up with those bingos we talked about before, um, like I, I'm quite trepidatious about what to say here because it's not my lived experience. I, you know, and so how can what sort of language should I be using um, when you know we can when we talk around this subject? Um, or not to trigger you. Does that make sense? I I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, and I think for me, it's a, it's it's never a straightforward answer because it's just like a a child just being childless. There's so many different things and different places that people are at in that that journey um that you feel different things will trigger different people at different times and it might trigger one person it might not trigger the next person the same same could be said for me as a um, single person that something that might have really triggered me a year ago I might not even notice today so it's um that's not really helpful at all Uh, (laughs) sorry Michael so what was the what was the first thing that came to your mind when I said that? I thought, you know, when you first started, I thought you were going to say that you were really privileged to be in a um, a, a loving relationship before you said that you were really privileged to be in a room full of four women, which was beautiful that you said that. Um, and I was I was about to start feeling like, oh, you know. Um, and that would have been, but you didn't do it. What you did was you said that you were, and and it felt it gave, without you even knowing. I felt like an extra sense of that was a beautiful thing to say, Michael. So I, I think that some people are just good at yeah. Some people are just good at um, re- reading a room and knowing what to say, and some people will say say the wrong thing and not know it. And I think we as individuals know when someone says something that was felt to us with intent or it wasn't meant with any intent and that we might be able to say something. And we 
we're here, you know, Elaine and I are here talking because we obviously feel comfortable about it, are more likely to say something. Um, I hope, you know, I, I'm still working on that strength in the space of being of being single. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a tricky one. Elaine, I don't know. Did you think of something? Well, I did, but I've got a menopausal brain and it's just gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, dear. Bad, isn't it? Oh, I recognise that. Menopausal <laughs> brain. Honestly, I do. I do. I think there's an awful lot about men and about safety, isn't there, as well, though? It's a topic that comes up so often. Um, and about just, I, I think, you know, just being, keeping safe and being mindful of behaviours as well. But that's all men, not just childless men and women. It's the safety and being, yeah, just, there's so much stuff that I think the privilege sometimes and, I, and this is kind of digressing completely but I think that kind of privilege of being able to walk down the street at night like my running route and my walking route changes as soon as the clocks go and yeah. change here because can't go and do that again because I'm going out on my own unless I take um Molly my dog with me um I don't do that then you know those sorts of strange things and they're kind of like behaviors that are so really hard to 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 discuss or share because actually I think horribly horribly so women have got used to kind of reacting to those kind of situations and maybe we don't always recognize it sometimes um that we're adapting because of the the, the threats that are out there um, I'm digressing into a much sure. bigger picture about the women's safety but I think that being safe and being mindful of keeping a safe space and holding it is so important i think we do it better in our community because we're used to the threats that we get but equally you know there's always room for improvement but also room i think for, for sharing knowledge and and out there because i think we've got an awful lot of lessons in the childless community that would impart very well to to people who don't identify as childless they're quite wise. i think on the subject of safety as well i'm very conscious as a single person if i decide this afternoon to take myself off to London wherever mm -hmm. nobody knows where I am yeah yeah and I find that quite um quite unnerving sometimes if something happened nobody knows where I am mm. um yeah it's quite a sobering thought really but going back to you know what Michael was saying is there anything I don't think I don't think anyone says anything um that would triggering out of you know in, with intent to say that I think it obviously depends what's said and how the person that you're saying to to at that point in time is what place they're in how they're feeling um you know it's not something nothing specific that I would take as as um I can't say you know can't say a or b it just depends how I feel that day but I guess that's the same with everybody and 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 lots of situations really I had a thought as Berenice was talking actually that I because you already have the sense of um the bigger picture of of, of failing because you're single and you haven't got kids that I would be much more likely if something was said coming back to your your question Michael 
as a for to do with being single, I would probably say, oh no, that's okay, or, or let it pass. Because for me to bring it up or say, I would I wouldn't even think my first reaction wouldn't be to go, oh, that that was wrong, because I've been ingrained into thinking that I'm the 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 bottom of the food chain and what I know that sounds really wrong but it's not even it's like this on the surface you're going yeah oh no 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 don't no don't worry about it it's okay um but in actual fact that's where we as singles we need to be stronger to say what our voice is and what is right and wrong um that we probably haven't figured that out yet like we don't know a lot of that stuff, like the, we don't even realize that we're holding our keys, you know, in our hand with the key pointing out to, for protection, because it's just something that we do. Um, just as singles, we've got so used to think things being said or done that we, we, you know, let, let it slide. That actually, all of those little things add up, and that's what makes it difficult, you know, extra difficult being single as well as not having kids that if we stopped and went hang on we've got just as much um voice here some of those things aren't right you know we've moved 40 years ago there was so much of the you know the 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 behavior of women having to be in the home and um, that they would rear the children. You know, we've come a long way from that and, you know, the changes of behaviour and equality, but we're not thinking about this yet, I don't think, from the, the childless and single experience. So, yeah, I think that voice, and that's why perhaps I see so many more couples who are talking because they, it comes from a place of you've had an experience or you've got... Uh, a support in the home that you can come back to and talk to that you can have those intimate you know share those intimate um, moments that have happened um, because you've you've conferred and then got a confidence to share it whereas you know I something now from a single point of view I, I, I don't have that you know as much as I love my cat and dog they're not telling me no, go for a penny. That is, that's definitely wrong. You should say something about that. Um, I've got to, I've, that has to come from within. That has to be something that if, if I happen to, you know, talk about it with someone else and now I've got more people that I can do that with, but yeah, I think that was a long answer for Michael. There are probably things that I, I that should be, I should be able to share with you but I've yet to identify them for myself and be aware of what, what they are because we're, we just haven't developed that voice. I haven't developed that voice yet. I, 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 I'd like to think I understand in that perspective because one of the things that, um, that I see in, in a men's group is that um, it's almost like we're developing our vocabulary right now about how how it feels to be a childless man so uh, I, I that's how i'm sort of getting the relationship there between the two so i, I like i like to think i understand 
I, 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 think, I think you are I can from from that verb verbal I think that that's recognizing what I'm trying to say with many words um elongated getting it out eventually <laughs> it's been uh, it's been so lovely hearing you both speak, yeah genuinely yeah. I mean it's it's you're right it, it's a huge part of our community but at the moment there's not that cohesive voice that's kind of I had the word it's a word Michael uses a lot advocating you know mm. it's not there yet you you, you haven't got that uh, that um I guess that vocabulary and that cohesive voice to kind of go well actually this is an issue and we're going to start standing up for ourselves because this isn't good enough and I, I really get that sense you know that being at the bottom of the pile as I say when I work with people that are single and childless that comes through so strong like should I be here am I worthy enough to be here you know I've not got a list of things that have happened almost like you have to have this like tick box when the reality isn't we're all in the same same club aren't we the same community doesn't mean you're here you've got to be here you've got to jump over a certain number of hoops to be worthy enough to be here I think everybody's here because they are mm. you know joined yeah, by that absolutely. that one reason yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Storm different boats. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. But thank you Absolutely. so much for sharing. Really. Thank you, Penny. So yeah. lovely to hear you both. Yeah. Thank it you really very is. much for for inviting inviting us, inviting me, and giving me the opportunity to to share a part of my story. I really do appreciate it, and it's lovely to be able to um, see you guys and have this have the conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Elaine. A particularly warm welcome to yeah. you because we we did um you and I know each other. We've we, we've spoken before in in different spaces, um. But yet to have the privilege to meet you, and I know this... lovely. Thank you so much. Oh no, it's just lovely. Just lovely to have you here, and we just love new voices as well. Um, all voices, but it's particularly I think immeasurably courageous of you to come here and to talk to us today and to give up some time on your Sunday um yeah. just generally very very lovely to have you in our space thank you pleasure thank you I know we both met but nice to meet you Michael finally <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to meet you too Elaine <laughs>
it's I think I'm actually, actually going to put. I'm away. actually put that little, that funny bit right at the end because we like to put a bit of funny at the end. And I'll <laughs> <laughs>